0: Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Strangely enough, the subject I'm preaching on isn't totally unconnected. Because having had prayer at the end of the meeting, it's actually about what needs to follow. Over recent weeks, we've been looking at Paul's letter to the church in Galatia. And what we've seen is how Paul has been urging them not to be corrupted by those who've come amongst them preaching a gospel that's dependent on the law or on their own works because the gospel of christ is all about grace it's about god's undeserved favor towards us as we get into galatians 5 this is what paul writes for freedom christ has set us free Stand firm, therefore, and do not submit again to a yoke of slavery. Look, I, Paul, say to you that if you accept circumcision, Christ will be of no advantage to you. I testify again to every man who accepts circumcision that he is obliged to keep the whole law. You are severed from Christ, you who would be justified by the law. You've fallen away from grace. For through the Spirit, by faith, we ourselves eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. For in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. You were running well. Who hindered you from obeying the truth? This persuasion is not from him who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole lump. I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine. And the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty, whoever he is. But if I, brothers, still preach circumcision, why am I still being persecuted? In that case, the offence of the cross has been removed. I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only, don't use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But through love, serve one another. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word, you shall love your neighbour as yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out that you're not consumed by one another. But I say, walk by the Spirit impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you as I warned you before that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God but the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness goodness faithfulness gentleness self-control Against such things, there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another and envying one another. Paul now turns his attention to the effect of this struggle between the flesh and the spirit in our lives. It's a bit like a civil war going on inside us. And Paul's quite clear. He knows which side he wants to win. Paul wants to tell us about how to win that civil war between the flesh and God and he's acutely aware of the fight because when he wrote to the church in Rome he said this, it's uh, in Romans 7 verse 15 and then 18 and 19 I do not understand my own actions for I do not do what I want but I do the very thing that I hate. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what's right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want, I keep doing. And then he explains in this chapter. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit. And the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil... Sorry. Sorry. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. This war is raging inside of all of us. It's a conflict. It's a conflict between the wants and needs that we have that are in constant conflict. We want to do good but we have a desire to be selfish. We don't want to hurt other people But we have a need to protect ourselves. We want to spend time with God. But there's so much else to do. And then you add on top of that that challenge. What has to be the enemy's masterstroke. Which if we're honest. Sinning is enjoyable. If it wasn't, it would have died out years ago. But let's be honest. A lot of things about sin, we enjoy. They're almost compulsive. If it hadn't been so enjoyable, if it caused us as much pain as at the time that we did it as it does later when we think about it and feel guilty we wouldn't ever fall for it. Being selfish feels good at the time. Being greedy can feel great. And it's only after the event that we see the true cost of our actions and start to feel remorse. That's why the desire in us to do the right thing, to please God, is so easily overshadowed by wanting to do the wrong thing. But Christ died so that we could be free of these things. Paul says it quite clearly. For freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm, therefore. Don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. We don't have to be slaves. We don't have to be slaves to our old ways or our old desires anymore. Christ did not pay the price and set us free from our past just so that we would have to pick up the same burden again. He gave us the comforter to help us and to encourage us with such things. And so Paul tells us there's an answer. The answer is walk in the Spirit. Now walking, you know, there's quite a lot to it. It's a lot more difficult and complex than most people think. But you only have to watch the amount of time that a young child takes to master it to realise that. If it was really that easy, they'd be on their feet in no time. But once we've mastered it, it's a bit like riding a bike. You don't seem to forget how to do it, and you take it for granted. But walking is really a process of controlled falling. Were you aware of that? Because when you're stood still, you're balanced. But in order to move, you have to do something. You have to do something to make your centre of gravity, your centre of balance, move forward. And the way you usually do that is you lift a leg. And by lifting a leg, you start to fall forwards. If you're lucky, and if you're well-versed in the art of walking, what you do is you manage to land on your foot and use the momentum that you've gained by moving your centre of gravity forwards to regain your balance again. When you get really good, you do it in a dynamic action that means you don't ever really regain your balance until you want to stop. We add distance to our walk by pushing with our back feet as we fall forwards. We all know the consequences of what happens in the icy weather when you lose traction with your back foot or lose that point of balance with your front foot. You go what is technically called base over apex. Yet the strange thing is, we give no thought to that process whatsoever. Walking, I mean, not going base over apex. You give that quite a lot of thought afterwards. Yet we carry out that action millions of times. One step after another. In fact, did you know, some people find walking a pleasurable thing to do. In fact there's magazines about walking. And they're full of adverts for special equipment. Now here's one. It's imaginatively called Walk. And it's got in it loads of advice for people who want to do exactly that. It shows you what the coolest, trendiest people undertaking the activity are wearing these days. Some of it defies belief. How do you fancy the Windrush headband? Can you see it? Now is that cool or what? No, I think the hair, I think the hair is optional. I think you have to buy that separately. Anyway. walking. There is so much more to it than the average toddler realizes when they take those first faltering steps. And the same is true about walking in the spirit. There's more to it than we actually often realise and more to it than when we take those first faltering steps when we're filled with the Spirit and decide that's the way we always want to live. And the first thing we have to realise is that just like walking down the road it is not a one-off event. It is part of a series of small steps. It is a process. But once we master the techniques, you know, there's no limit to how far or how high you can go. You know, we can gain victory in our lives in ever-increasing small steps. Paul said in verse 16, I say walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh so how do we do it ho 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 to you as well (laughs) so how do we do it okay Paul gives us some hints in verse 7 and then 10 and 12 says you were running well who hindered you from obeying the truth I have confidence in the Lord that you will take no other view than mine and the one who is troubling you will bear the penalty whoever he is I wish those who unsettle you would emasculate themselves Paul's pointing out that someone has been disrupting their walk with God. They've been feeding lies to them. And his advice is quite simple. He says, listen to me, not them. Listening to the wrong voices influences our thinking in unhelpful ways. And I just want to ask you this morning, who are you listening to? Are you listening to voices that build you up or tear you down? Are you listening to voices that affirm you and care for you? Or those that destroy you and take things from you? Are you listening to voices that bring freedom in Christ's grace? Or those which bring back that yoke of slavery upon you? You need to be listening to the voices that do you good. Not just those that make you feel good. I almost want to make it a prayer that the words of people who preach legalism would fall on deaf ears. We need to be filtering the influences that we're under. gives us a second clue as well he says in verse 13 for you were called to freedom brothers only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself Paul reminds us that Jesus summed up the whole of the law when he was challenged with that one sentence. Love your neighbour as yourself. And so rather than looking to fulfil the law of the Old Testament, we should be looking to fulfil it through our love for other people. The real measure of our spirituality doesn't come from the size of our Bible or the length of our prayers. But it comes from the heart attitudes that we demonstrate by how we treat other people. Because if we dominate them, if we control them, if we break them down, if we burden other people, what we're showing is that we have the effect of the law living in our own lives. If, on the other hand, we build them up, We deal with them with love and kindness. And if we extend to them the grace that is at work in our own hearts, then we're showing that Christ is alive in us, that his work of grace is living in our lives. And in chapter 6, in fact, Paul goes on to say, Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks he is something... When he is nothing, he deceives himself. And then he says, so then, as we have the opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. This is true both individually and corporately. How, as a church and as individuals, we deal with other people reflects to the the extent to which grace is at work amongst us. We need to be looking for opportunities to serve one another. And then the third one, he gives us another clue. We need to think on our feet. already talked about how complicated a business walking is. But if you're in a challenging environment it requires even more preparation and attention to detail. When I was at school I undertook the Duke of Edinburgh's award scheme and in fact Morwenna came with me to Buckhouse when I went to collect my gold award. As a part of that I spent quite a bit of time on Dartmoor. I had some friends with me. We were undertaking the expedition. Now, I wouldn't want to suggest that at any point we were ever lost. But there were certainly times when we weren't quite sure where we were. Now, there is a subtle distinction between the two. When you're lost, you can't find your way back. When you're just not quite sure where you are, it is a bit easier. And this was before the days of SatNav. And it only took a few moments of not paying attention to what was going on around you, not watching the landmarks, not reading the terrain, and you were suddenly quite unsure which valley you were in between two or three identical looking ridges. And I know on one occasion we found ourselves walking into the middle of the infamous Foxton Myers, which if you don't read Sherlock Holmes, it's mentioned in there, rather than doing what we intended of walking round the edge. You have to think on your feet. You have to keep your wits about you whenever you're walking. The journey is full of little decisions. And at the time, they appear of little consequence. But they can have a much bigger impact later. Navigation and reading the terrain are things that you can learn to do. But equally, we can learn to give each step each decision over to walking with the Spirit. When Paul wrote to the Romans in chapter 8, he says, For those who live according to the flesh set their mind on things of the flesh, but those who live according to the Spirit set their minds on the things of the Spirit. To set the mind on the flesh is death, but to set the mind on the spirit is life and peace. If our desire is for life and for peace, we need to set our minds on the spirit. In verses 19 to 21, Paul gives us a clear indication are the ways of the world he says its works are evident immorality impurity idolatry sorcery enmity strife jealousy fits of anger rivalry dissension division envy drunkenness orgies And things like that. And we all know it's true. You only have to look around you to see it. It's on the news. It's in the papers. We see it in the streets of our towns in this country. And then he contrasts those actions with the fruit of walking by the Spirit. He warns us. But those things we see in the world are things we need to guard against. We need to think on our feet. As we go through each day making decisions, we need to think about the negative consequences of sinful behaviour. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And he says, against such things there is no law. These are the positive results of getting it right. I'm not being funny. Which of us wouldn't prefer a life of peace to one of strife? That is the reward of following the direction of the Holy Spirit's leading. So, how do we know what what the Holy Spirit is saying to us? First thing I'd say is actually. It's good from time to time to read the instruction manual. Are you with me? We have the benefit of a comprehensive manual that tells us what God loves and what he detests. The Holy Spirit is God, a part of the Trinity. And so one of the things we can use to know whether the Holy Spirit is talking to us is we know he would never tell us anything to do that is something that he hates. So what does the Bible say? The Holy Spirit won't ask us to do something which is contrary to Scripture. And then... As we spend more time in God's presence, we get a better idea of what His voice and prompting sounds like. It's often that small voice, almost like a whisper in the back of your mind, just making you aware of the traps and encouraging you about your successes. Then, of course, if you're really spiritual, you could pray about it. Sounds funny to say it like that. But we all fall into the trap from time to time of forgetting to pray about things. I had a problem with my car this week. It just wouldn't start one day. As it happened, it was a simple fault and easily rectified when someone got to look at it two days later but Moenna came home and she said to me have you prayed about it? we all fall into that trap but actually a good way of knowing whether the Holy Spirit is asking us to do something is to pray about it what does your spirit then say? does it feel heavy or does it feel light at the thought of what you're being asked to do? And then, of course, you can ask other godly people to help you. Because they'll help you discern. So, this battle is going on in us. It's two natures and they're at war within us. And you know what? That battle will not end until we get to heaven. So we've got to get used to it. And we've got to fight. We can win the battle by learning how to walk in the Spirit one step at a time. We can recognise the influences on us and ask whether they're healthy. We can look at the opportunities we have to serve others. We can think on our feet as we take one step at a time. And we can learn how to recognise the voice of the Holy Spirit. and I think the Holy Spirit was talking to us earlier this morning I think there are people here this morning who need some prayer but have been reluctant to ask for it for all sorts of different reasons I don't want to bother people we all feel that from time to time We know people work hard, we know they're busy, and we don't want to take up their time by asking them to pray for us. I'll tell you what, there are a number of people here this morning who would rather give up a cup of coffee and pray with you than not have that opportunity. Because actually, for the next half hour, I don't think any of us have a particularly pressing appointment. that word about accepting illness as a friend. And you know, our own mind can be one of the influences that starts to talk negatively to us. We can brood on situations and just adopt a mindset that reinforces negative thinking. And if you know you're struggling with that this morning, let us pray with you. Let us see freedom brought in that area. I'm sure there's more that God wants to do this morning. But I just picked up on a couple of things. I'd just like us to just... Can we sing one song? I don't mind what it is. Something that just turns our eyes back towards Jesus. And... uh, then if anyone would like some prayer for anything healing situations that you're facing where you know you've got a walk through where you need God with you and his rule and authority in your life if you just want more of the Holy Spirit with you day by day let's pray for you this morning there's nothing better than starting what could be a difficult week in the power of the Holy Spirit Amen Time. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk.